talking. Now you're being real, now you're being honest. Because this whole bullshit about being a functioning drug addict, about finding balance, that ain't true, that's a lie. It's not a lie. It's a lie whether you know it or not, but more importantly, I don't give a fuck to hear it. Yeah, whatever, man. Hey, whatever, man. Yeah. Whatever, man. <laughs> Listen, young blood, <laughs> I was shooting dope before your mama's egg dropped. I've lived a whole motherfucking life to get to this diner to sit across from your arrogant ass so that you ever whatever me. You're 17. You don't know shit. You think you're hard? I'm harder. You think you're tough? I'm tougher. You got clean and want to kill yourself? Same motherfucking story here. You want to know why? You want to know why? I'll tell you why. Because you don't know how to live life. You don't have the tools. You're too busy running around trying to bullshit everybody into thinking you're hard and you don't give a fuck when the reality you give so much of a fuck you can't even bear to be alive. So guess what? New rule. No more wasting my motherfucking time. You want to use, use, but the least you can do is be honest. Own that shit. You feel me? So what's up? I know it's been a while, so I apologize, but how's it going? Uh, let me explain before you all attack me with pitchforks. But <laughs> um, Yeah, dude, life has been fucking really busy lately. I don't know. Has it been busy for all of you? It seems like the world is starting to pick up. And for myself included, uh, first of all, I have been... Uh, employed and working uh, semi-regular job again so you know applause to me making money regularly uh, is good for my soul because everything I like is expensive and you know there's just a great feeling when you don't wonder how you're gonna pay the bills <laughs> every month so being able to like be self-sufficient and earn my own money and pay my way through life is, is is I don't know feels good so good on me I'm patting myself on the back right now it it's hard to reach but um yeah I have this regular job working again and you know as I said everything I, I'll like <laughs> Oh my God, as soon as I started getting some money and, and trying to crawl out of debt and have some pocket money, I was just pondering all the items I could buy now. And I got so overwhelmed because I was like, shit, I could work more. And if I do that, then I could buy more things. So I got sucked into this um, mentality because... Right now I'm at the, lib I can't really discuss the details of my job, but <clears throat> I was just like, oh, I could get this, I could get that. And so I just got sucked into this work mode after not working for so long. And uh, I bought a few things. I have a, like a, well, what I think is a nice Nespresso machine. It's really a shitty little, I mean, Nespresso is just like for people who want to break away from Starbucks, but not completely. And, uh, whatever. It's fucking great. And, um, you know, I bought a few other cool things and, uh, I had to break away and be like, fuck, I haven't put out a podcast in a while. 
But on top of that, uh, where I reside and live currently, the entire house, every single window has been getting um, taken out and replaced with new windows. And this, you know, project or renovation, this window renovation has been, it was, it just went underway like all at once. Uh, this window crew came to <laughs> my house and they fucking just came with like two trucks, two, three trucks deep, just took up my whole fucking <laughs> front living area. I had to move my car and uh, they went to town and started taking out all the windows. It was very noisy, by the way. So recording was just like not an option when there's like, you know, there's got saws and loud machinery going on. The crew was wonderful, but uh, you know, that's been going on for quite a while. So I'm just like, and oh, by the way, when you do such a project, you have to move every piece of furniture away from every window in every room of every house. And, uh, you know, that's, that takes a lot of your time. And, um, so I've been doing that. And then, you know, you know, God, coincidentally, you know, my luck, the last window to get replaced is my bedroom window where I sleep in, but also where my microphone and studio to record podcasts are. And so I broke down the studio early hoping that I could get my window replaced first and then put put the studio back up you know and I get back to the grind right so what ended what, <laughs> what ended up happening is that isn't hasn't happened mom the window that got sent with all the other brand new windows my window for my room the corner of it got cracked when it got shipped over or brought over or whatever so now they're waiting on a replacement brand new window to replace them in my room so you know current progress every window's replaced <laughs> but now we're waiting on my window to be ma- like made and pushed in like rushed in or whatever so my needless to say my studio is still broken down and all my you know, furniture is pushed away from my window. It looks uh, pretty bare in here. There may be an echo in here. I don't know. So just, you know, take my word for it. I'm dealing with all that that shit. And, you know, on top of that, I would just, you know, like to get into, um, you know, I guess for a couple days, I was in my mild, I guess, depression. Um, And, you know, I know if anyone's listening and can relate, you know, sometimes, you you know, things are going great. For me, I was like, oh, great, I'm working, I'm making money. And then a few, you know, semi-minor things happened that kind of brought me down and brought me in a funk. And I've just recently, like, crawled out of it. And I I don't know what things made me crawl out of it, but I'm glad I did. But, you know... I was working and out in the world, interacting in the streets, but working a legitimate legal job. Come on, people, you know, I'm clean. I don't break the law. And uh, I I came across, uh, you know, while driving or, 
you know, going about doing my my day to day business, I saw a bunch of old familiar faces. Now I've been in my old hometown for, uh, I don't know, twelve months, a little over. But you know, I was recently out of rehab, so I did a lot knowing that and knowing like I don't want to put myself in, you know, situations that I probably might go out. Or I very well have a chance of going out. You know, it's hard to break away once your mind's convinced you're going to relapse. So knowing that I kind of barricaded myself in my house to keep myself away from possible people that I used to go on runs with and get high with or whatever. You know, I don't want to run into someone and be like, you know, oh, I got dope on me. You know, the last thing I needed um, you know, your first year is, is hard, but then I'd say at least my first year, it was, it was, it was re in rehab and it was court ordered. So I had like a kind of safe fear in me not to like fuck up. But then the year I was out, um, it was like training wheels are off. I'm on my own. Right. And that's when I really like have more temptation, you know, because I have more freedom. And so with everything that that I was had gone through, I think that also kind of helped me navigate. But even though it was like some of it was awful, but I knew I was like, yeah, I just don't, you know, when even especially when I was like at my lows and depressed or anytime I'm feeling depressed, I'm like, I need to surround myself with positive people. Last thing I need to do in this mental state is go and run into like one of my old using buddies. It's a very bad, you know, bad thing, you know, thing that would could happen to me. But um, what happened was I I saw one guy, and this was like the uncle of one of my old best friends who passed away. Uh, my friend Donnie passed away of MRSA, and I just saw his uncle, and he's looking good for how much he's aged because we've all aged, but cause I haven't seen him in like a decade, I'd say. And you know, when I was 16, this guy was like, he was like the first time I ever saw someone shoot up meth was like this dude. He we're like smoking weed in, in my friend Donnie's room. And his uncle walks in and, you know, puts his fucking, he faces the corner so we can't see. And he shoots up in the fucking corner just cause he had nowhere to shoot up. He's trying to, I was like, whoa, <laughs> you know? And so this guy's been in and out of jail. I've seen this guy pull a giant knife on people, you know? Um, I've seen him get out of jail. He's just like bulked up, just covered with prison tats. Um, so I know he's done crazy shit. But um, when I saw him, he was hanging out in front of some restaurant. And, uh, you know, he was like, I was like hanging out, but it was like almost to the point of loitering. So it was like, Ooh, <laughs> I know you possibly might be up to no good. I've gotten high with you too, you know, but that was just like a mild thing. But oh, the many other instances that were really kind of affected me, I guess you could say triggered me, um, which I feel like a bitch saying something triggered me, <laughs> but it just made me like anxious were the times I'm like out and about or something, or even when I'm not out and about, I have gotten messages a few times from people and they were all being like, Oh, Hey, I haven't talked to you in so many years. How's it going? 
let's hang out. I'm at a hotel in Pismo Beach, and uh, you know, I got fentanyl. Let's hang out and smoke fentanyl. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm working, bro. Can't do that. And also, probably don't know this about me, but I've been clean over or almost two and a half years. So if I hung out with you and partied with you, I'd most likely die. And none of us want that. You don't want that. I don't want that. I'm sh- like, last thing you need is calling an ambulance or <laughs> trying to dispose of my body or, <laughs> you know, and I don't want that. So let's just, let's, that's, I don't <laughs> And usually when I say that to someone, they're like, oh, no, no, hey, we should still hang out though. We all just won't have it around you. I won't, I'll keep it away from you. And for, come on, that's, sorry, no deal. You know, I'm still a drug addict. And I still have temptation. I'm not going to go to some fucking sketch hotel. And so I'm like, yeah, I'm good. But you know, hit me up when you're not on drugs and you don't have drugs, which you, when you say that to someone, it's kind of, you know, they're most likely not, that's not going to happen, but it, you're being nice about it. I mean, I'm not, I don't want to say, Hey, fuck off and get all mad, you know, and if it, because sometimes I have been offended when people offer to get me high. I'm like, dude, do you know I've t- how hard it's been to stay clean this long? And, uh, it's only now just been getting uh, e- a little bit easier. So you know the potential risk you put me at and yourself at by like even offering that and what it even puts me through and the like anxiety attack most people get when like presented with that it is a little offensive even though they don't intend it that way so i don't want to try and be like all mad about how dare you <laughs> but um you know so one of my friends And so I'm just like, yeah, I'm good. And then usually what's happened recently, at least they're like, oh, well, I'm I'm planning on detoxing in this hotel and, you know, uh, blah, blah, blah. And I swear I'm getting my life together, which, you know, I take it for, I take their word for it. Granted, they might be doing that. And I'm like, hey, if you need help, you know, I'll bring you water or, you know, I don't know something to help you through withdrawals like i don't know <laughs> water's not going to help that much you because <laughs> uh, withdrawals suck and i could only imagine if you've been smoking fentanyl how bad that is but um so to say that w- those few instances that happened to me i was like affected in a way i was like for me what i my usually go-to strategy to combat those situations is to kind of go ghost on social media and messenger. Just, I usually, when I get the first message, like, Hey, you want to get high? I won't respond for about maybe three days to five days or however long I feel comfortable engaging in that conversation again. And that's nothing personal. And a lot of other people probably are like, what the fuck? Why did he just go dark online again? And anytime that I do go dark, usually that is the reason. If someone, if I run in or encounter someone online who I used to get high with or who I know from like old scenes and stuff and they offer to get me high, 
my go-to strategies. Yeah, I'm off. It looks like I won't be using <laughs> Messenger or Facebook or anything for a week or two whenever I feel safe because I think that is, you know, more important to me than the risk of, I don't know, engaging in social media, dude. Because I know that's honestly been my downfall before and I don't blame social media for it. But knowing that about myself, I have to limit my usage of it. So, and some people, they, I don't know whether they have an addiction problem with drugs and alcohol or not. I see a lot of people addicted to social media and get offended if you don't respond right away. So, you know, don't take offense. Uh, anybody who I know listening, um, it's just sometimes I, I guess I struggle with even using social media for that reason and for many other reasons. But, um, with that, uh, I'll get off that. Um, I've also been busy. I have two computer like projects. I'm, I'm, renovating myself some macbook pros so that'll be fun this this weekend and i also just want to say real quick i do have like i said in the last episode i have this giveaway planned for all of you and it's been coming along really nicely but it's involved <laughs> the investment of my own uh money so i had to go work and grab that bag, so to speak, so I could, you know, kind of finalize this project. And, um, I think next episode I'll give out exactly the more of the details based upon that. Um, but right now just know it's, it's looking good. And what I was about to burp. I'm sorry, <laughs> but what I'll do is I'll make a commitment that next episode, with the episode I drop next time I drop an episode, which is in a couple weeks, um, I will, you know, release the details of that, you know, giveaway or present I'm planning and I'll drop a, an Instagram post about it as well. So with that, I, I just, I know I haven't done an episode in a while, so people are probably like, what the fuck? But yeah, just know life is going good. Um, I'm really glad to be working again. And I think the biggest thing is like I struggled with finding a balance between I put everything into that once I had an opportunity to make money. I was like, I could just jump in with all my time into that to show I'm like a good employee, <laughs> even though I don't know, I won't get into the details of my work. It's legal, guys. Don't fucking think I'm doing something shady. You know, this is all on the books. I pay, ta I pay taxes now. I just got my tax return from my old job and last year that was, you know, wonderful things are in store, you know, maybe I'll rebuild my credit. Who knows? You know, possibilities are endless, but with that, I want to get into this episode. I had my, um, friend, he was on one of the earliest episodes back in the day. His name is Happy, or we referred to him at the time as Happy, and he still refers to himself as Happy. That's his name or alias or whatever, Happy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when he came on way back in the day, like years ago, um, 
he was telling all these stories about how he had all these fucking, you know, uh, dope sick, like junkie friends. And I was one of his dope sick junkie friends. And they all would hit and hit him up and be like, oh man, help me get well, man. Hi, bird. I'm sick. I need some smack bird. And you know what? I'll be honest. I was no different. I remember so many times I would be dope sick and I would know like, all right, well, if I can't get money or get dope, I know my go-to is to hit up uh, happy because I can finagle my way into some suboxone. <laughs> sell me some blocks. Sell me some subs, man. I know you got some because th- he was prescribed them at the time. So it's like, I know you got subs, man. And I would guilt trip him into giving me or selling me subs. It's like, I got, I got gas. I'll drive to you. Come on, hook me up. How dare you? And then I would be like, you're not my friend if you wouldn't like do it. <laughs> and I, we'd get into arguments about this. And I've made amends to him, people. And I feel bad about that. I mean, I was a drug addict. What do you expect? But, uh, I mean, other addicts did this as well. And he would tell his stories about... He would, like, house drug addicts at his house. And they he'd feed them subs and Xanax. Because he's prescribed Xanax. And then they would, like, bring dope into his house. And, like, use behind his back. Or offer to get him high when he's trying to stay clean. It was just a recipe for disaster. So we talked about that, but it's been a few years since he's been on. So I wanted, he hit me up and he wanted to see how I was doing and come on and like, I, you know, give an update of where he's been. He hit, told me he had a, an overdose recently and wanted to talk about that on the podcast. So I was like, yeah. So the first time we tried to record, I just have to talk about this. Uh, he was in, he was near my town and he needed a ride to San Luis to get a bus to get, a, uh, he wanted to take the bus to get to his town to get home. And, uh, I was like, okay. So I picked him up. I was like, you're good. You're not like loaded or oh, shit. Sorry, fellas and ladies, my phone, how rude of me. Um, but he wanted, like I gave him, I picked him up, but before I messaged him that day and the day before I was like, you're good. You're not like hungover. You're not fucked up. Like, I don't want to be around that shit. It's annoying to me (laughs) at the very least. He's like, no, no, I'm good. And so I pick him up and we, and I'm like, first of all, I was like, look, man, I am having all this construction with windows getting replaced at my house. So it's going to be hard to record at my house. I have this brand new like road boom arm mic and I could hook it up to my fucking iPhone. Like, cause I'm a, you know, technical savvy like that. And, uh, we can do a car recording cause I've done that shit before. I'm no, you know, I'm no stranger to danger. So, uh, I'm giving him a ride up to uh, slow town and I'm like, fuck, where are we going to park for this? Now, mind you, while we're driving, <laughs> towards his bus the bus stop he needs to go to he's like oh fuck i got molly in my backpack and so my immediate uh reaction is i'm pretty up i'm pretty annoyed and pissed at you i'm like dude i don't need i don't even know if i'm on probation still because <laughs> i had like bench probation you don't have uh, a po like so probation officer 
So I was like, yeah, they, they, uh, my car can still technically get searched at any time. He's like, no, no, I wouldn't let you take the fall. I was like, you, you better not, motherfucker. <laughs> so I was like, well, where are we going to park? So we park in this parking garage. I set up this like cool mic. We start recording. Now, mind you, I'm already annoyed with him a little because of the molly. And I'm annoyed with him because of the overdose. So I'm asking, we're recording and I'm asking him about the overdose, but I'm already, I'm kind of, because he's younger than me, I'm treating him like a big brother. I'm kind of like sunning him because I'm kind of mad. I'm like, dude, you almost fucking died. You should value life. Like, what the fuck are you thinking? What's wrong with you? You know, that kind of shit you say or do to someone who just overdosed that you, you know, care about and give a shit about, right? Um, But I didn't realize this, but I mean, he's. He was paranoid probably because he had Molly in his backpack. Number two, this, he's prescribed Xanax and he, you know, took what his daily per- recommended dose by the his doctor or prescriber, whatever. But I mean, for me, I I'm very vocal, even to him, to be honest, they say like, I can tell if you're, you know, on Xanax, uh, especially with you know, his slurred speech. And so it didn't make for (laughs) good podcast uh, listening for all of you. So I I have that recording, but we we both decided it should be scrapped after, you know, you know, his bus was getting there and I dropped him off. We decided let's just do a phone recording because, you know, that one just didn't sound good enough for a podcast. So and I was like, look, man, I love you happy, but just don't be all barred out when we, you know, you come on the podcast because no one's, no one wants to hear you mumble and slur. No one wants to hear me stutter and, you know, do some of the shit I do like vape. I mean, which reminds me, I'm sorry. I need nicotine. So I at least turn my head away from the mic when I vape, kind of like, a. The guy who sings Chocolate Rain, he turns his head when he breathes Chocolate Rain To sing Some Chocolate Rain. Um, I do that for the respect of you guys because I love you. But anyway, so I had him come back on. We did a phone interview. It came out amazing. We talk about a lot of crazy drug stories, um, which they were all, a lot, not all, but a lot of the beginning... In, <laughs> It's stories have to do with shitting on different psychedelics. And then they get into the more darker shit of how Happy kind of delved into some dark shit. And then it gets into his overdose and how he feels about it now. And I think it's a good episode. So I'm not going to say anything else. I'm just going to get into it. I really just wanted to update you all of where my life has been and how it's been going. Because you haven't heard from me in a while. And, you know, I just wanted to say, hey... I'm doing good. I've been busy, but so I'm sorry about that, but I love you and I hope you're all doing well and I hope you're all busy, like a productive, positive kind of busy, but also doing well and healthy and happy and safe and all that. You know, you know what I'm talking about. So anyway, I'll just get into the episode. You'll hear from me again, uh, with hopefully within a couple weeks and I'll give you more news about that giveaway and what all you know special things i'm planning for you but with that i'm out so you know 
just know I love you guys. And uh, with that, take care. So peace, love, and, and all the above. just want to wish um, my friend and longtime listener James a happy birthday. James, I hope you're listening and happy birthday, brother. Peace. So you're chilling. You're all good. You ready, yeah. to, ready to do this? Because last time I know it was probably weird for you because I was I was like, yeah, let's just do it in, in the in my car because I had my boom mic or whatever. Yeah. So we were trying to find a place to park and uh, you were probably like, I mean, I didn't know that at the time you were like, oh, I, you just realized like, <laughs> I don't know if we should say anything, but you were like, oh, I have a fucking Molly on me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like just happened, just happened to roll. I, I don't, yeah, I don't mean to incriminate myself. I've already been to jail once. <laughs> I ain't going back. Who knows where that Molly is? That Molly could be gone by all it, I know. It disappeared, you, man. I I'm swear. I'm hoping I'm hoping you flushed it down the toilet. You came to your senses, but um we were driving because you first of all, for everyone listening who doesn't doesn't know the context, uh, you were you needed a ride and you wanted to record like and tell all of your story. And so I was like, Well, I'll, I'll give you a ride to the bus stop and then you could take the bus to your, your pad or whatever and uh and so we're driving and we're so i was like because basically i couldn't record at my house there's like all this construction and so i was like well we're gonna have to do a mobile recording which you're probably not used to you were on with a phone interview last time and yeah. uh <laughs> you were driving and you're like Oh, I just, you just remember like, oh, I have Molly in my backpack. No, this is what happened. This is what happened. You're like, well, you're like driving and you're like, I, I don't know if, uh, oh, it, it doesn't matter. It's not like you have any drugs on you. And I'm like, well, actually, I think I got some Molly on me. And yeah, it wasn't like, just like a point that I could swallow. I, it was an eight ball. So, I mean, like, oh God, that's if, like, if it was just a point of Molly and you not a ate big it. Deal. Yeah, but if you ate that and got on the podcast, I guess, yeah, ratings would be pretty crazy because you'd be all fucking, who knows? I'd be I, all hyped up. I've seen you on Molly. I think I sold you Molly once and you took yeah, it. You, yeah. Oh, God. Should I we talk about that? Dude, yeah. I mean, if you want, <laughs> we can talk about whatever you want, bro. Well, just real quick. So we met when I was going to, uh, well, I won't say cut out i'll say okay. we met we met while i was just taking some community university some community college classes right and i was on yeah. uh i was in drug court so i was like abstaining from using drugs yeah but at the same time i had like a huge uh, supply of yeah. uh, the huge collection of psychedelics and all these DMT, other drugs all this shit yeah because and yeah. It, it was in a storage con, like it was in a storage unit and i just hid all these drugs away from myself it was like the fear and loathing like briefcase yeah it was basically what i had in my um storage unit 
And so, because like the thing is, you and I would meet all these characters at this college, and they would all be like talking the about. Bench. They would talk about drugs at the smoking bench, and like people would come by, like um, people in Skyrim with goods, and they'd be like, "Oh, I got like all this ecstasy and this and that." And so I would just be like, "Yeah, I'll buy some," and I would just add it to my collection. And you brought so, rolls one day. I I remember you you brought or no you bought one and then you just added it to your collection because you couldn't get high. Exactly. And so yeah, I, and then I probably up, I think I sold it for like a bunch of money. No, you sold me some. <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna say that. Uh, well, no, what, donated. What, yeah, yeah, donated for sure. <laughs> I donated you. Donated some, to the cause. It was, a, it was just some. I think it was just some. What was like sassafras MDMA. I was like, yeah, here's well, some. One was one was a natural roll, and then I got some <laughs> some some, some so-called sass. molly. You called it molly. Well, it was but, molly, I mean, it but was you know, there's like different types of MDMA. Yeah. There's like sassafras. They, they dude, wook drugs are they get intense. There's different types of acid. I bought this acid, and they had different strains called different shit. Like there was like yeah, this acid called or, the fluff. Orange sunshine. Oh, those orange, orange sunshine, sunshine. Yeah, diamonds. Like, orange sunshine is probably fake now because that was from yeah, Berkeley was back 60s. in the day. Yeah. I had this acid there, like this is called the fluff. <laughs> yeah, like, there's, there's I was like, what? Great, there's this great documentary about orange sunshine. No, I've seen it. It's pretty good. But yeah, yeah, they crack down on on all the Berkeley hippies. They're like yeah. either hiding or in jail. But Nicholas Sandy died in 2017. He produced the last batch of Orange Sunshine in 2017. I uh, the the vials go for five hundred dollars now for a hundred hits of Orange yeah. As so called, it's not as potent and it's cut to shit. I've had it. The underground tale is that these. OG like um, Berkeley hippies studied all this acid um, synthetics, I guess, synthesizing or whatever, and they taught the uh, the formula to all these younger hippies who are probably older now, and they supposedly exist within the Northern California hemisphere, and supposedly these like batches come out. Allegedly, allegedly. Who knows? What the well, fuck am I saying? Basically, Nicholas Sand and all these other... The chemists who learn how to cook with surgic acid diethylamide? Di, di, or I forgot exactly what it's called. But with surgic acid, um, they learned how to cook it in a certain way that was super potent. But no, uh, no, one's, been able, no one's been able to replicate it. No, no one has been able to replicate it. And that's why... A lot of the blues singers in the 1970s and 80s, they switched from acid to PCP. And then from PCP what? to cocaine. Yeah. What are you like talking about? Like, acid to no. PCP? Because yeah, it was psychedelic? they want to trip balls. They want to trip balls. They were like, I want that feeling. Like, I'm not joking. Know, like, fucking, like, they... Like, I could see it, though. The thing is about drugs is when, when drugs first come out on the scene, like they have a totally first wave of perception. Like when Oxy yeah. came out, it wasn't Our looked. Fentanyl. No, no, but Oxy especially, it wasn't looked at like hillbilly heroin. It was looked at like, oh, this is gonna be some, like a gnarlier Vicodin, and then yeah. people got really strung out. And then the second wave of perception was like, oh, <laughs> junkies, you know. Exactly, but it was a wonder drug when it first came out. Same with like Adderall and all this shit. Oh, it's a wonder drug, and then people are like, "Oh no, people's hair is falling out," you know. Um, 
No, but anyway, fuck all that shit. Let's get into the story. You, I get, right. I don't know. I you came up on some procured substance that I also had in possession, and I just you just ate it in front of me, and it was in the middle of the day, and I was like, oh, I, yeah. need, I was like, I need to go get a Starbucks because I need to handle this because I'm have to be sober like by law. <laughs> um, and you started tr- like instantly started tripping balls in this Starbucks and started getting all deep and philosophical and very like you were talking louder than you realized. And your eyes literally started to like blackball in seconds yeah. in front of me. And like people were taking notice of <laughs> or a, a mildly taking notice of how high you were in the Starbucks. So I caught my drink and we got the fuck out of there. But and then like yeah, I I think I gave you a ride and you just were talking about how much you were how much we were friends. <laughs> but but you were like I was like damn I've got some good Molly I guess fire shit. Uh, that's the thing, man. Like uh, I like I like to be high, but I mean like I know that I can't be high all the time. Like but when I'm using, I'm just like fuck it. It doesn't matter where I am. It's always a party, but bro, you're in the moment, just like all of us. You're not thinking about yeah. the f- past or the future. You're living in the present, but yeah. Now that I've been sober for a little bit, it's kind of like uh, it. It's jarring to be like, holy shit! I used to spend every single day ten hits of like at one point I was doing ten hits of acid a day just to fucking just because like I wanted to feel something because I, I deep in my heart I don't really. Like I've, I'm so, I want to numb myself. I self-medicate a lot, and that's why I smoke <laughs> a lot of cigarettes. And I've been, I've only overdosed like one time and been to the hospital. But I mean, like, we'll go over to that later. But I mean, it's just uh, for me when I use, it's a constant thing where it doesn't matter what it is. I just gotta feel something, you know. That's what trips me out about you is like. You know, I'm I'm an addict too, so I know about abusing substances, but I never really got heavy on abusing psychedelics because yeah. Well, even since high school, since I was like 16, for the longest time I would see acid casualties and Molly casualties who were just their brains were fried and everyone would talk about yeah, he's never the same again like Sid Barrett syndrome. <laughs> So I was always like, ooh, these like you need to tread with caution when it comes to these substances because they can unlock doors that you can never close again that you potentially don't want open, right? But then when I I'd see you, you're like, yeah, I took acid every day for ten days straight, or I was on ketamine, I did eighteen grams of ketamine in fucking forty eight hours. Three days, three days. I'm like, what the shit. fuck is wrong with you, dude? Yeah, I kind of take everything to an extreme. Like everything I do, I gotta either do eleven out of ten or fucking like, I just, I just. I know uh, I'm bad. It's fucked up. I know how bad I get, but it's fucked. I mean, so I guess I, I mean, respect for like addict levels, but at the same time, dude, I worry about you in some no, when aspect. I go to NA, when I go to NA, they are concerned about me when I tell <laughs> stories, man. Yeah, That's I bet. when you can tell your fucking life is like not doing in the right place when you're fucking like, when you got people at NA being like, are you insane taking 10 minutes of acid three days in a row? Well, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. each day, each day taking 10 hits. So for three days in a row, you're tripping balls at someone that they would take in a year. Have you ever tripped balls at a meeting? 
Yeah. Oh god damn it. Well, how was that? Meeting, in fact, it no. was it was horrible. It was horrible because they're talking about how horrible their lives are. Like that they oh, uh Jesus. they got arrested and all this shit and I'm just like tripping and I'm sitting there chewing chewing my lip like like can I get the fuck out of here? I need a cigarette, like I'm drinking shitty coffee, like fucking you know Ugh. what you know what meeting coffee is like, man? Yeah, like, dude. I bet drinking meeting horrible. meeting coffee on acid probably tastes like the most disgusting ass water. It was mushrooms. <laughs> it was mushrooms, not acid. Oh, it's mushrooms. It's yeah. that's, just, that's even worse because then you have that mushroom aftertaste and you gotta backwash it with coffee. Ooh. But it fucks up your stomach, dude. It fucks up your stomach. Oh, so God, like I imagine bet. that you like 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 fucking the last time I did mushrooms, dude, I had the shit so bad and it was at a rave. <laughs> and like the mushrooms just fuck up my stomach now so i like i realize i'm like yeah i can't take mushrooms but i mean like this chick i know she always somehow convinces me to take mushrooms with her and i'm like fuck i kind of don't like hanging out with you she's your psychedelic seductress <laughs> kind of yeah i mean what the fuck she, she doesn't do anything but smoke weed and take mushrooms which is fucking like i don't get it to be honest why don't you take acid like acid is so much cleaner to me but she she says it's all natural all right that's an age-old debate between like i don't know you know people who open up the door or whatever but uh or they break on through like some people think yeah. mushrooms are better some people think acid's better and they will never That'll never be a like a argument that's one, okay? Yeah. Um, but what I will say <clears throat> is either or mushrooms or acid, when you take it, there's like a half hour period where you're it just you're uncomfortable and I call it the hulking out phase where you're not like quite into tripping yet. You just you have minor visuals and you just feel a little nauseous and your body's starting to absorb all this poison. And and it's called hulking out. You just don't feel. You're like sweating and shit. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's a, a Jimi Hendrix line. He's like, "You're not quite high, but you're beautiful." And I think it's the opposite of that. Like fucking, you're you're about to fucking like crawl out of your own skin because you're ready for the trip and you're ready to fucking. But you're not quite ready. You're like sometimes you take. A little bit too much or not enough and you're either like this fucking isn't worth it or like you're you're like i'm oh wow this is intense like when it finally creeps up on you you know like, that you know that deli on uh, in san luis on high street uh called high street deli uh yeah high i street. don't think so i i'm you not got sure it. like okay. there's a lot of delis there is too and slow. There's a lot of delis, but so in San Luis Obispo, there's I mean, there's is a it lot. by the park? Is it by the park? No, it's on High Street. You know High Street, H uh, I A G H. <laughs> okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's a street in San Luis called High Street, and there's a deli on High Street called High Street Deli, and they would have um like specials at 4:20. Like, oh, if you come at 4:20, you get a special on on a deli sandwich. You know, so yeah. uh, when I first was successful in, in driving, I drove up to San Francisco, went to Hippie Hill in Golden State Park, and I procured a, a vial of acid. And I, I met up with some contacts and I would get I'd go up there to get uh, vials of acid or sheets of 100 hits of paper acid. Right. 
Yeah. So the first time I was successful in doing that, just meeting a stranger and, and building a connection, getting acid, uh, me and my friend, uh, JP, had to like test out the acid to make sure it was good. And uh, uh, we, made it, we made sure it was good, but at the end we had like the very last of the vial and we had a, a, a new batch of new acids. So we kind of mixed both acids. And I was doing that. I was hulking out in... Um, in front of High Street Deli, we both were, and I had my friend Cole. He was our uh, sober driver, who was like your babysitter, your spirit babysitter. guide. Yeah, your spirit guide or whatever, your sit sitter guide. I was like, he drove my car. I was like, just drive us around. We'll smoke all this weed we have, and we'll have fun tripping in different areas. I don't have to worry about driving, right, or getting being pulled over by the cops or anything. So. Right after we take it, we're hooking out, and then I'm like, I have to take a fat, like, acid shit, you know? I got to take a fat <laughs> shit on acid. And the only place I can take a shit is at this deli. And so I'm like, fuck, I got to go in there and take a shit, boys. So I go into High Street Deli, and I'm starting to get mild visuals. And I look at the menu, and it's a chalk, it's a chalkboard menu, but they drew with all this colored chalk and all these psychedelic swirls. And I enter, and I probably enter, like, Oh my god! I have to take a shit. Like, <laughs> and everyone's just looking at me, staring at me. Like, what's oh, what the fuck's up with this guy? And I go into the bathroom, and their bathroom's super small, where like the wall of the bathroom's almost touching your knees. So I'm staring at this wall, like right in my face, while I'm trying to shit. And acid makes you shit sometimes. So does mushrooms, actually. And yeah, so, <laughs> I said the stomach thing earlier. Yeah, right. Man. And so I'm shitting. Same with Molly. Yeah, and there's this weird pattern in the wall with these little dots, and they're starting to move around, and I'm like, oh, fuck. I need to take the shit and like finish and get out of here because <laughs> I'm starting to trip balls. I don't want all these people speed in this. Shit. You got to speed shit. Yeah, you got to speed shit. So I'm like trying to hurry, but I don't know like the conception of time at this point, and I'm hearing knocks on the door because people are waiting to use the bathroom. I'm like, oh, fuck, people are lining up. I'm like, one second, and I'm like, hopefully I wiped my ass properly, uh, wash my hands, and then I open the door, and who knows if it smells like shit, probably does, because I took a shit, open the door, and these people are just staring at me, I'm all like sweaty, yeah. <laughs> because I'm on acid, but I'm. they probably think I'm sweating because the shit was so intense, and uh, then I walk out, and we had a crazy ass acid uh, adventure, but I had to take that fucking giant shit first. But uh, did we even finish your shit story? What happened with your shit? I don't even want. Okay, like I took, <laughs> I took five grams of mushrooms, fucking nice. at a, at the beginning of a rave, and uh, the rave starts and and there's just music and lights and all this shit. Who's and I'm playing? Like tripping balls. Who's... I don't. Big hairs. Fucking. Uh, <laughs> big hairs. Bunch of other. Who the fuck like, is there's that? This, He's got big ass hair, dude. He's oh, like, okay. He, he, he's got like gigantic walks down to his fucking like. His name's Big Hair. Big hairs with a Z. Oh, at the nice. End. Oh, cool. He's a he's a decent. Not, he's decent. All right, like, I'll check I mean, him out. Like, um, but I mean, like he uh, he and my friends they throw these little mini ribs called renegades, and they're fucking they're fun. Um, but anyway, uh, it was uh. Basically, I took the mushrooms and they were handed out for free at the beginning of the rave to the people who got there early. And they gave me a handful and I said, Give me more. And they're like, You're gonna pay for them? I'm like, No, no, no. Do you want to play a game? Oh, 
definitely buy some if they're good. And so they pile up more. And I'm just guessing it was five grams. It was a lot. It filled up both my hands. Like, you know how you cup your hands? Oh, and it's like, there's like, yeah, with both hands cupped. And oh, it filled gosh. up both my hands. And I got like fat hands. I'm not going to lie. Like, <laughs> chicks love my fingers. But oh, I mean, it's shut just up. like, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> but, anyways. Um, so filled up both my hands and I stuffed it in my mouth and start chewing it down and I don't realize how much I took. Like I'm like holy like after when I start tripping I'm like You think it's five like, grams. Damn, you think that the least it's five I'm grams, but it could be more. Dude, it has to be at least. Like that's a that's a low estimate, all right? And just so you um, know, like Joe Rogan and people have said five grams of mushrooms is like what's called a Terrence McKenna dose of mushrooms. He <laughs> <laughs> trip balls. Yeah, so I mean, I take all these mushrooms and I wash it down with a white cloth. And so, like, uh, oh, not only okay. do I have mushrooms, but I have alcohol in my system, which is gonna fuck with your stomach even more. So it's like I, I eat these mushrooms and I start tripping. And I mean, I'm tripping hard, like holding onto a wall of a cave so I don't fall down hard. Like, I was like, holy shit, this is intense. I got visuals and I never get visuals. Like, like, super heavy like when i close my eyes i see red and black just jumping at me and i'm like almost a little scared well this is a good in a rave, my friends you're in a rave with the light show so, i mean yeah but i mean like the lights were it just made the lights way too intense and oh. so i mean like my stomach starts like like feeling queasy right like i'm like and i'm out in the middle of nowhere there's no toilets right so there's no toilet paper no there's no porta potties there's no toilet paper there's nothing oh no and so my stomach starts just feeling like shit and i i'm like oh dude i got like i either gotta throw up or shit one of the two and i don't know what to do and so i just sit there for about three or four hours and i i'm i talked to a couple chicks but i was i was tripping balls and like I didn't know exactly what to do, so uh, finally I went up to my friend who gave me a ride there, and I'm like, "Dude, I'm not feeling good. Can we leave soon?" And he's like, "Fuck that, brother. I'm staying for another three or four hours." I'm like, "Fuck, oh. dude." I'm like, "All right." So I wander off in the dark. This is like 3 a.m. now. I wander off in the dark by myself with my backpack on, and luckily I had packed another pair of underwear. Another pair of shorts, another pair of like I just I I didn't shit my pants. I will, but what I did do was I was feeling so fucking like poisoned because that's what the mushrooms do is they poison you actually. That's like, what all drugs are. Yeah, it's a poison. It's so a I mean, mild like thing. I was like it, I just want to get it out of my body and I can't throw up. I tried throwing up like and Ugh. so like I go off into a corner in the bushes like fucking like like 200 feet from where the fucking rave was going on and i just like i shit and it was a horrible shit because i take my underwear and wipe with that and then throw it and then fucking put on a clean pair and i like i didn't know if i smelled like shit i probably did like i don't know like people were kind of staying away from me but when i got home i checked myself and i didn't shit anywhere like inside of my clothes but I probably just smelled like shit because I had no toilet paper. I, I grabbed a bottle of water that was off the ground and I just washed my fucking hands as best oh. as I could. Oh, no. And I was just like, fuck. And it was just, it was not a good brave, to be honest, because I, I ate way too many mushrooms. <laughs> like, I, I thought, I was like, because this, at the time, I was getting quarter pounds of mushrooms at a ridiculous price. 
like and and like i was just i was uh donating them to the sick and needy and uh basically uh it was uh i had the tolerance but mushrooms are that thing that like different batches different strains can do different things and these mushrooms were extremely potent oh no, the dad. <laughs> I remember when I had those like four different strains of mushrooms too. When I went to the classes at or at community college, let's say, I uh, and the one was called White Buffalo, and they had all these names. The guy who sold me those, he like grew these mushrooms, but he so tried to sell me one. It was like one cap and one stem was like two ounces or something. It looked like a Jesus a baby's arm. He's like, you want, yeah. One? I was like, dude, I can't sell that. <laughs> what are you fucking thinking? I can't, I can't break up a stem and sell that. Yeah. yeah it was fucking had, nuts. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I got uh, an, a good friend. What are you going to say? Uh, what's up? A good friend of mine. He gets pounds of mushrooms on the regular and you just show me mushrooms that weigh out to like 18 grams. That is just like, like you said, a baby's arm. It's a huge stem. With that, a fucking fat cap. I'm glad you want to like show off your like giant fucking horse penis of a fucking mushroom, but it's like I I don't I don't have a fucking market for that. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't, at the time, I don't fucking I don't I don't know what the market's like these days. Um, but I'm sure once like because they're working on what decriminalization of mushrooms and eventually I got legalization. For yeah, I got arrested for mushrooms. Fucking uh, recently. Uh, about. Six months ago, eight months ago. What the fuck, Jesus I, Christ! I, was, I got I got blackout drunk, and I went to go uh, donate some mushrooms to uh, this random, and I was and uh, it wasn't even it wasn't worth it, and uh, I end up with jail with a switchblade charge, uh, mushrooms, and drunk in public in Morro Bay. Okay, I passed out on the bus. Let's well, <laughs> let's not get it. All right, this is already a case that's not pending, but no, it's, I have no convictions. Uh, did uh, oh, they didn't charge uh, you? No, no, I got charged, but I did. Uh, what's it called? Deferment or whatever the fuck it's called. Okay, uh, before wait, 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 my friend. Before you get into that, the only thing I'm thinking about is this story. Even though you're going by an alias, this specific story could give out details of your identity. So. All right. All right. As good of a story as it sounds, because it sounds pretty saucy. I don't even remember. Yeah, well, then. <laughs> I don't. Let's just say that I got arrested. I don't remember, and, except waking up in the cell. That's it. Good, good and, on you. And then the next day, the next day, the cops see me, and they're like, "We haven't seen mushrooms in ten years. Where'd you get them?" I'm like, "Go to Lompoc," even though that's the opposite don't, direction. What the fuck? That's I dry. Like, I was like, "Don't dry snitch on uh, you." No, 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 no. Lompoc was the opposite direction of where I got them. Oh, like fucking, ooh. I told them, I was like, I was like, sneaky. Go, I was like, I was like, yeah, all the mushrooms come from Lompoc, man. Yeah, go never, that way. I don't sir. go to Lompoc. I'm like, yeah, go the fuck to Lompoc and find some mushrooms where you will never find mushrooms. You'll find fucking shit before that. Like you'll find no. Literal, I, I, you'll the, find my first thought. Shit. My first thought was there's a lot of like heroin and meth being probably peddled. That's gross, dude. Yeah. Well, we, I never got a lump. We used to call it lom, lom puke, you know. But I, I've who, heard yeah. Lompoc in the movies because there's a prison down there, Lompoc. That's what <laughs> they call it in Hollywood. 
I don't know. Lompoc might be beautiful. I'd rather. I'd rather. No, I've been there. The skate park is shitty. The whole town is <laughs> shitty. I hate that town. Yeah, well, that town doesn't think too fondly of you right now. I'm sure. Well, fuck Lompoc <laughs> or Lompoc or Lompuke. I don't give a shit. I'd rather be. Like, in... I, I hate no, 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 town. no. Wait. Okay. I know you're angry, but settle down, sir. I'm mean, not. I'm sorry. I have a hatred for it. Well, I mean, I have a hatred for streets and areas that I've been arrested in, so I can see that. The one thing I will say is I would much rather be on vacation in Lompoc than like Bakersfield or Fresno. And I'm not saying anything about Bakersfield or Fresno other than I just don't enjoy uh, being there. That's all I'll say. Um, I'm sure there's plenty of awesome people there, but I mean, I've... Every time I hear about a story about someone who's like, oh, yeah, something happened in Bakersfield, it's never really a, a positive story. It's always like... Fuck that. I've, got, I've gotten some good Yu-Gi-Oh cards from Bakersfield and San Jose and L.A. So, I Yeah, mean, but, dude, half... Bakersfield is good. Half Ooh. those cards are probably I, fucking from B&E's, dude. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? So don't but even fucking... Still, don't even talk about that. I've gotten some cards from <laughs> B&E's fucking in slow that are horrible. Well, no, don't, I don't know that for a fact. Shut. Oh yeah, you don't. Okay. I don't know that. Oh, well, 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 okay. Okay. You got to stop stop self incrimination. Okay. Hey, they they don't. They know me as happy, right? Yeah, you're happy. You're a happy guy. I guess. I I don't know. I deal with all sorts of folks. Um, you know, while we're at it, because I just want to, I have another shit story in my head. I just want to get out there while we're on the roll of stories that involve shit. Uh. I had a friend uh, while I was in rehab, right? And I know I didn't, I didn't talk to you much while I was in rehab, but this is probably, probably like my first six months of rehab. And the thing about this rehab is every Sunday you have to go to church, right? It's a, it's a Christian. Uh, it's one of those. Well, that's the only way it's free, right? If Unless you want to pay tens of thousands of dollars or, or <laughs> see or maybe your insurance will approve you free rehabs involve bile study right so for my broke ass i had to go to church if i wanted some fucking you know quality facility to like house me for as long as they did right 12 i mean yeah. look 12 12 months of uh really good like treatment for my horrible heroin addiction i'll take you know the God aspect with it. If all that other stuff is free where it, when I mean, healthcare here kind of is shit. Right. So yeah, that, that was my get around. But anyway, <laughs> the thing is like a lot of people every Sunday, it's usually a day off from like, uh, going to treatment for and but groups and stuff. But the one thing you have to do is go to church in the morning. So usually what me, me and everyone else did in rehab is like, <laughs> We would we'd sneak out and we'd just do laps around and vape in the back or like walk to the beach because it's like a church is right next to the beach, you know. And um, this that's a pretty good rehab for free, bro. Oh, that's dude, it was it was, and the thing it was, dude, is they were doing renovations on the new building. So I think like first few months I was in in the the sober living building, and then once they. They fix up the new building. It was like millions of dollars worth of renovations. We moved into this brand new building, dude. It was crazy. So, um, but anyway, I, the church is right across the street. So they're like, yeah, walk to church. And so we go, but we're not supervised. So a lot of people just go and ditch or do whatever. And so me and my friend, Tim, 
I think Tim was like, yeah, dude, I need to go get an energy drink. He, he wanted a monster. And uh, the thing was, energy drinks were banned at the rehab, too. Not allowed yeah. to have energy drinks. If you get caught, it's like a write-up, you know? So yeah. um, we go, we ditch church, which is already not allowed. We go get monster energy drinks. I think I get a Red Bull or a Bang. No, I got a Bang, which is also not allowed. And we're walking around just drinking. I think I even had my secret cell phone. That's another thing you're not allowed to have. And though, so he, it's, it's, the, it's the morning, right? They have uh, free donuts at the fucking the church. church. We, go, we go to the church, yeah. fill up on donuts. We leave, buy energy drinks. He, he pounds this monster and he's like, dude, I got to take a shit so bad. And it, this is going on for like five, 10 minutes. We're walking along the beach and he's just grabbing his stomach. Like, I don't think I'm going to make it back to the fucking rehab, <laughs> dude. I don't think I'm going to make well, it, dude. And I'm like, well, bro, dude, it's right there. I can see the building like we're walking towards. Well, run, like, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm run. like, yeah, put some pep in. We'll see every step he takes. It's, it's getting riskier. He doesn't want to shift. It's worse. Yeah, if you move yeah. too suddenly, you'll explode. Yeah. I, yeah. If you sh- if you shift, <laughs> it, if you shift the sphincter too much, it's like you can un- un- uh, open up the fucking gates. It. Yeah, the gates of hell will release yeah. all over your inner thighs. So... Uh, we're, we're walking towards us and, um, my fucking, there's a br- little bridge. It's like a bridge, you know? And, um, he fucking, he's like, dude, I'm wearing a, a white t- undershirt and I'm wearing a windbreaker. And he's like, dude, uh, I think I'm, you're going to have to donate that t-shirt to me, bro. So I can shit under this bridge, like a, like a troll. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, fuck. I was like, whatever, Tim, you're my friend. You can have my shitty old white Hanes t-shirt. So he crawls under this bridge and he just takes this gnarly shit and he wipes his ass with my fucking white shirt. And I'm have to wear a, Uh. I had to wear under, I had to wear a windbreaker with no shirt while we walked home. So he could fucking have an unsoiled anus. And then we walked back and had a great day off from rehab, but yeah, he shit under a bridge. And you know what? Like, if you have, if you're in a situation where you have to shit, it's like, bro, I'd rather shit under a bridge than shit in bushes. To be honest, well, like, I don't a bridge I don't, gives you a little bit of cover. Yeah, I don't care where I shit as long as I have something comfortable to wipe my ass. And a white cotton cloth is like preferable than yeah a leaf or anyway. Sorry, but I'm really particular where I shit. I can't shit anywhere but home. I mean, like, unless it's an emergency. Yeah. Home that's is, just me personally. No, home, me personally. <clears throat> home is my favorite place to shit. I can create the ambiance of the bathroom. I have, like, ventilation. I have a little fan above that I can turn on. It's just, like, aerates. Yeah. You know? I can, like, yeah. I have all the hand soaps and you know, I got everything I need. It's your, it, like, I, yeah, like you, I have, if, if like I'm at Walmart and it's like, dude, I don't know if I'm going to make it, then I'll have to like make do with what they have. But yeah, I prefer to just wait and get home. But yeah. <clears throat> so anyway, we never talked about what you've been up to. We've been talking about shitting on psychedelics uh, for the first 30 minutes. But, um, I know you like last time I talked. Well, the other day we talked. You told me this crazy homeless story. You talked about, uh, like you talked about your overdose, which I was like getting mad at you about. Um, so we could talk about that. Uh, you talked about being on ketamine for fucking like insane amounts, you know? 
Uh, all right, uh, let's just get started on um, the beginning. So I end up in the hospital with a heart condition because I was prescribed Adderall and abused cocaine from basically the time I was like 15 years old. Like I'm talking about just not snorting cocaine, but shooting it, which is a whole different like fucking oh, yeah. ride. Like that's just different than snorting it. We know. So I fucked up my body from doing all these uppers, right? And uh, I end up in the hospital, and they're basically telling me, like, you're, you're going to die in, like, a year. And uh, I get out of the hospital. I'm doing better. My body is, like, my infraction rate is back up to 35%. Um, the regular – or, no, it's up to 25%. The regular is 35%. Congestive heart failure is 50 or 15%. So um, – Basically, I'm doing better, and uh, I have a shitload of money from working concerts and fucking selling cards. Like, I did a Snoop Dogg concert, Blondie, Elvis Costello, Lionel Richie, all these concerts, and I saved up all the money from doing my card business. So, for, for those that don't know, you were working a security job, doing security for events, and then your side hustle was... Uh, trading and S- buying and selling. selling Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Yeah, your yeah. hustle is you you fucking make fat was, fat bags, cash money off of uh, flipping Yu-Gi-Oh cards and Pokemon cards. Pieces of paper, yeah. Pieces of which, paper. I made like twenty three hundred dollars a month at one point. Yeah, for, selling pieces of paper. For people who don't realize, like, yeah, that's some. There's some a lot of money like, to be made. Yeah, and that shit. Yeah, but. I mean, if you got your Pokemon collection from when you were a kid fucking look at that shit if you got a charizard you might have a hundred thousand dollar card well the thing like, is let's just say that i hit you up because i found a bunch of pokemon cards in my storage unit and uh, i hit you up because i was like well i don't know how much these are even worth so i was like yeah you're you're the man to, to see about that next time i see you just bring them and i'll fucking tell you straight up and like uh i because i know by sight now it's fucking you remember uh cameron right well uh, yeah, you can yeah. Say his name, cameron yeah. Mm-hmm. He got into selling comic books and uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon cards. He sold Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! cards for me at one point, but now he's homeless. Yeah, I know. Um, I heard. I got a lot of mint edition uh, comics you could check out, too. Like, Bro, really I, got, I got... Yeah. So I'm, I got I'm kind of a nerd. Too. So, But anyway, regardless... so I you, am you a did... nerd. But anyway, I saved up all this money. I had five grand saved up, which for a 25, 24-year-old kid... That's like a good amount of money. Like if you're not driving and you're not buying a car, I mean, like, why wouldn't you buy a car? But me, I'm prescribed Xanax. So, I mean, like, I can't really drive unless I fucking get off this shit, to be honest, because I don't want to get another. I don't want to get arrested again. So, wait, because uh, you're just so for, um, uh, I don't know. For everybody to know. Clarification. Clarification. Right. Thank you for, I didn't even think of the word, but. The DMV won't let you have a driver's license because you're prescribed Xanax, and that can uh, impair your, you know, judgment. And basically, yeah, it's basically like alcohol and a pill, you know. Like so, it's uh, it's it's I'll be impaired, and they that like if you you can lie to them and say, oh no, I didn't take my Xanax. But I mean, like, honestly, if you're driving, if you're driving like I drive, you'll get pulled over and then you'll fucking be tested. Like, and I've been. And yeah, if they test you. I've drove without a license and been fucked up on my, on like, and then I, like, they come and find me after I'm not in the car. 
and they're like, oh, wait, were you driving? Let's see your license. And I'm like, uh, I don't have a license. And they're like, all right, well, what are you on? Because you're clearly intoxicated. And I'm just like, fuck, leave me alone. They're like, oh, you broke. Uh, but they won't. I mean, <laughs> obviously, duh. Fuck yeah. So the thing I is, mean, dude, um, this is the thing. I just don't drive. When you when you're impaired, I can definitely tell. So I I know a, a cop can yeah. tell if you're impaired. No offense. Yeah, I mean saying. everyone can tell. Yeah. Like I mean I my friend he calls me bartarded, which I don't even really consider him a friend right now. He he, he basically my coke dealer. So he calls me bartarded. He's like, how haven't you been arrested? More uh, like you. This was before I got arrested. He's like, "How haven't you been arrested?" And I've been arrested seven times. And I I'm mean, like, he has a point, dude. You, if you fucking act, if you're that fucked up in public, you will get sought out after if someone you fly yeah. under the radar of law enforcement. Or but, so, somehow, some way, I've flown under the table or yeah, under lucky, the radar, dude, dude. You're lucky. I don't know how. Like I'm this lucky. is why no. this is why I give you so much shit is because I'm like, dude, you're gonna get a life lesson soon if you don't fucking change your ways. And you're like, oh, dude, I know. And then you don't. And then you have these like near like death experiences. And I'm like, dude, this is a wake up call. Red flag. Red flag. Like, sl- slow your roll. You know. But anyway, I want to hear about. So you had money. All right, this is part of the so story. I had some money. Shit, I- I had a good amount of money. I was uh, relaxing, chilling, shooting some b-ball outside of school. Now this is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down, and I'd like to take the Yeah, what's up, Fresh Prince? Oh, no, we all know. Anyway. We get it. <laughs> if you grew up in the 90s. Oh, no, but uh, fucking. Uh, anyway, I was, I had money and uh, i was uh, my friend he introduced me to like a whole bunch a whole new scene like a whole different way of like these people that were like so cool in the beginning that i thought were my friends and so like i run into people that i went to high school with and they they don't have money they're fucking working nine to five and they barely have enough to pay rent and i'm just i'm living at my grandpa's house like and i have money and I, I was, I, I, not gonna lie. When I was younger, I peddled certain substances, but uh, I was never too serious, except to supply my own addiction. And so when I got down there, I was like, shit, I could make money off of off of these illicit substances. So I, 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 after a Fourth of July party, I, I hung out with a homie that I knew from high school and that wasn't really cool with me uh, because I was friends with other people. It's a long ass story, but anyway, me and him got really cool really fast and he's basically, he knows I have money and it's, it's another renegade pops up and he's like, Hey, let's get an ounce Academy. You put down the money, my connections, we'll split it. And then I'll give you the money back that you put in for half of it. And then we'll sell it together. And so me and him just start, pushing k like we buy the ounce for 1200 and fucking i get i get all this k and i'm not using it at first but and i'm selling it and then uh basically uh i start using it and fucking it just started a whole chain reaction and fucking ruined a good period of my life that made me just retarded that i started using a large amount because i just had the supply and got it so cheap and it's basically like I stopped thinking of it as something to make money with and start something to self-medicate. 
Also, I mean, you have to like admit that maybe even on a subconscious in the back of my head, I yeah, on a subconscious level, right? You were getting all these new friends, and honestly, a lot of them are dr- drug users and drug addicts, whether they, all of them, whether all they them. whether they admit it or not. And a, you have to admit, I bet a number of a few of them were using the art of communication to try and manipulate their way into drugs and money and wanted to hang out with you because of it. So maybe you felt you've this, this sense of community, right? Within this forest rave scene or whatever. And uh, you thought, well, I'm making money off this K, right? And I have all these cool friends and this case, so let's get more K, I'll make more money, and I'll have all these cool friends. What in reality, um, that's kind of a false when you when your false reality, right? There, when the drugs disappear, they're gone. I exactly. mean, like once your once your supply is gone, it's like those so called friends of yours are gone. There's probably two or three of those people that I actually consider friends still that stick because around, I yeah. Earn through all my money. Yeah, you'll you think you may not know this, but when I got arrested for the whole dispensary thing, I had all these friends in like the dubstep or the underground raves scene in LA. Yeah. And when I got busted for the dispensary, they all disappeared too. And I felt like, wow, I have so many fake friends. And then you really realize who your real friends are because they stick around and yeah. while you're at your lowest point, you know? So anyway. Yeah, I told. I told two people I got arrested and the one other person I told then other than a good friend told every single other dealer. And so basically they, for two months they wouldn't talk to me. And I was like, I was like, fuck you guys. When I, when they started talking to me again, I was like, fuck all you. Like, like yeah, you're really gonna, you're really gonna ghost me after I've made you that much money. Well, the, the thing is you have to realize this too, is that a lot of them are in fear of the law. So they think if you got arrested, you might have been snitching or whatever. So they're just, they, they kind of hold that everyone kind of naturally holds back, even if they're concerned just cause they want the, of their own safety. So a lot of it's not even, um, personal, you know, but even just and, just regular friends, just gossiping, it's not a great feeling. Regardless, I'm talking about people I've known for ten years. They think that I would fucking snitch on them for a misdemeanor that I do less than a year for. I was like, yeah. "Fuck you guys!" Like, so but wait, I don't know. A year is a long time to a lot of people, but I mean, well, I've yeah. There's dude. You know what? Like, uh, Slow County Jail has like such a problem with snitches that they've had to re format their housing in the jail so that a lot of um areas that were once gen gen pop or general population they're now uh pc protective custody because they have more um people in protective custody than they have people in general population at this point so they needed to do like change their housing unit so it was something crazy over there but um okay so where we're at right now right you are going in on this these ketamine deals. You have all these friends, and you're making money on ketamine. So what happens at this point? Basically, I broke the cardinal rule. Don't get high on your own supply. <clears throat> like, I started abusing it to the point that it was an addiction. Like, I mean, I like I said earlier, I push everything to the 11. Like, I, I use... I, I use frequent frequently enough that it became an issue in my life 
that I might I, I was clean off heroin for six years, but that didn't matter. I was using ketamine so much that it was basically equivalent to being in a nod twenty four seven. Like being being so fucked up that you see like Buddha fucking hovering above you in a K hole that you're Jesus. you can literally see just like a fucking pinhole of your surrounding and you're just like, Holy shit, God's in front of me. And you're just like it, and then you're using acid mushrooms at that same time, and then you're also mixing it with like shit like cocaine that like you just become a you, you become dysfunctional and it ruins every relationship that matters and it fucks up like important shit in your life. Like I got a job, like I started working again after I got better, and then I was just like. I wanted to get high so bad I just left that job after making three hundred and fifty bucks in three days, even though it was a shit job at fucking a fast food restaurant. <laughs> but I mean, like I had twelve uh. hour shifts, and then even at that job, at my manager, I sold weed too. So I mean, like Jesus, um, yeah, it, like it doesn't escape me. For some reason, everything follows me. Like, like I just I don't know what it is. Things just like follow me. And what do you think that reason is? Because uh, I'm a drug addict, and I'm, a, I'm not that. I'm I people. What I've heard, not that I'm real, but like I've heard what people say. Real can spot real, and I'm like I'm like shitty people can spot other shitty people. Not that I'm a shitty person. I'm actually like I think that I'm decent, but I mean like it was just like like if you know what to look for, <laughs> wearing a long sleeve at a deep fryer because you. Because you don't want to show your track marks? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I know all you, about that. Because you were slamming coke for like three days. And baseball yeah, tees. When you do. Bro, baseball yeah. tees are way better than long sleeves to cover tracks. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, don't do so drugs. I, I'm working. I'm work, Yeah, don't do drugs. But, I mean, like, I, I'm working at a, at a fast food restaurant. And I was I do one day of cocaine where that's you basically get like a gram and a half or like two grams and you're basically every three minutes you're slamming it and you just tear up your arms well That's yeah like possibly people, my worst addiction well people who do coke normally they do a first line that lasts like 15 minutes and then every five minutes you're doing another line like coke when you're slamming it it's almost the same thing where you're just stabbing your arms Except every fucking every couple minutes it's, yeah i've yeah, been there it sucks it sucks yeah um in but, fact one time we were hanging out and i it was one of the first times and that was basically when you could get high for one day and you were like i think you had like a point of speed and you did like 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 10 shots in like an hour but it was tiny shots so you would like be high ugh. for like three minutes and then you'd come down and then you'd be like fuck no. i gotta go no like i was no i'm good I, I'm good on that. Like that was a long time ago. That was a long Yuck. time ago though, when Wait, you did that. Okay, okay. So I want to know is where, when, and what happened when the uh, cocaine came into the equation this time around. Cocaine came into the equation immediately, even before the K days. Like I go down there and it was shit coke when I first started getting it. Like I was like, this is dog shit. I don't even want this. And then boom, I started getting some good stuff. And then I'm like, oh fuck. And a friend. I, I don't even want to call my friend anymore. They give me a needle and I'm just like, go back to my junkie ways of you take that 50 CC or uh, uh, 50 fucking units 
and then you squirt it into the spoon and you just blast off and you you start this whole chain reaction of like fucking just like for the next three hours just banging away. And Were I you mean, banging? You weren't banging. No, uh, I mean like banging in your arm. I know, but this time around when you got no, got not coke. this time, not this time. Okay, no, um, <laughs> like that was that was when I first <clears throat> moved and first got out of the hospital. My friend gave me some really good shit, and a friend, another friend of mine who I don't really consider a friend anymore, gave me a needle, and I was like, "Fuck, might as well." I mean, like snorting is the same thing in my oh, head. Geez. No, it's not. No, it's not. I mean. You it's just really said not. it's not. We just said, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. But in my head, I in my head, I rationalize it as if I'm going to use it, why not use it the right way? Yeah, we're junkies, man. <laughs> we're not going to do it any other way. Come on. Yeah. So, um, that just that. So, I mean, like, I was getting ounces of cocaine at one point for really, really cheap, and it was. And after a certain amount of time of picking up, I I found the good dealers, and established. I've known them for so long. I went to high school with them. I got I got introduced to their dealers. And so instead of dealing with the people on the street, I deal with the people who dealt to the people on the street. And so I'd fucking distributors. Oh. Yeah, people that get kilos. Okay, so, do let's not okay, don't don't talk about that. <laughs> okay. Let's not right, get into um, any of that, my friend. People who are dead now. Let's, let's not, yeah, well just, just no, cut the, they don't even like, ex, don't even explain anymore. Let's just Get to the point where, okay, now you're at a point where you're, um, you've been slaying, I don't know, you've been slaying everything, everything. All right, all right. You've been slaying that and the cocaine. You've been doing the uh, ketamine and the cocaine both, and and you've been doing doing acid and Molly at the same. You've been doing a myriad of other drugs. I want to hear kind of if you can remember this like 48 hour. 18 gram ketamine binge. All right. So a friend of mine gets the liquid ketamine, which is the best ketamine, which is straight from India where the best ketamine comes from. India. So it's liquid. India is a leading producer of ketamine in the world. They produce such shit and it's, it's the best. Okay. And uh, so they get this liquid ketamine, which it comes, comes in a fucking uh, pharmaceutical bottle. You gotta pay like fucking eighteen hundred bucks for it, but holy what? shit, is it way better? Yeah, Steve O used to get vials of it and he crack it open and dry it in his microwave and scrape it off the microwave. Yeah, plate. well, no, my everyone used, does that, but like, how much ketamine can you produce with this one bottle? These vials were so big that it probably had an ounce and a half in it, Ugh. and so God. it was just this big bottle with this fucking weird writing on it that Hindi or some shit that that my friend would crack open and then he pour it into a Pyrex dish, and I'd throw in two hundred bucks and get eighteen grams, and uh, he'd he'd scrape it up and put it in a big bag. And it was called Shimmy Shimmy Yeah or some shit like Shimmy Shimmy Yeah Shimmy Yeah Shimmy Yeah Shimmy Nova was what it was called. It's like that old Shimmy Shimmy Yeah is an ODB song is Shimmy Shimmy Yeah, but it was called Shimmy Nova. Yeah. Shimmy Nova was what what the ketamine was called because ketamine has different names like acid, but because uh, there's like two or three different kinds of ketamine then, but there's different names for the different kinds. Yeah. But the Shimmy Nova was extremely potent, and I got it at a really good price. 
And so what I did was like, I'm going to celebrate because this was all profit, baby. I made two sales. I, I, it's all profit. Yeah, nothing, like, nothing so, can go wrong, right? <laughs> exactly. And so I take, I take a gram, right? When I do my first line, I break up a gram into two lines and fucking do that shit. And it hurts. You know yeah. when you snort something and it's so much and it hurts? It sounds like a lot. Four, it sounds like way too much to do for your yeah. first time. No, no, it's not my first time. I mean, for my the first day. Line. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, I break up a fucking gram into two lines and then I, you have porous sacs in your nose of the mucous membranes and it filled up so much that it burned. It was fuck? seared in, and like, so I was like, I was coughing and I almost threw up and I was I was just like, oh, no. oh shit! And good thing you can't OD on ketamine because I would have died. But I mean, like, God. like so I did I did these fat lines and I was just like, holy shit! Like, uh, and then I go into an almost instant kale, which is like it's kind of it's it's a scary moment at first but then you kind of relax into it yeah being in a k-hole is kind of like that scene in train spotting where he's sinking in the rug like i've never done k from what everyone tells me what a k-hole is like it's i probably imagine it's like that and it's just getting black and black bars all you can see all you can see are these two little openings in your eyes where your pupils are and basically like you can take your hands and make little circles, like little openings. And if you put them over your eyes, that's what you see when you're in a K-hole. And then it, mm. it, as you start to come down, it expands more. And Gross. then so basically, like <laughs> I just sunk into my own skull. And it kind of means a disassociative, which means it cuts off your brain from con- contact with your spine. So your whole body isn't communicating with your brain. So you're basically knock the fuck out except you're conscious and you it's kind of like ether but i mean like not you gotta do a lot of ketamine for that effect yeah i actually know i did do ketamine i did it in the hospital they gave me a ketamine drip and it was fucking intense yeah it's just like that yeah so wait you you do that you're in a k-hole now that's your first line you did it more after you came out oh no i came out of the k-hole and then i broke up another like another fat it was it was why? a fat chunk. But why? And because I because I would numb myself with that shit. Like you did heroin to an extreme. I would do yeah. every drug to okay. an extreme. I, I get it. <clears throat> I was happier than I I was happier than I had been in ten years. It's like a celebratory was, thing. Like, like I, I used psychedelics as antidepressants for a good amount of time at that period. <sighs> and like I was just I like, don't know, I was man. so happy. I was so happy, but it was all it was all because my brain was so fucking flooded with serotonin and dopamine that all the time I was on some trip or I I was a psychedelic like in a psychedelic adventure twenty four seven. But there was mushrooms, no. acid, Molly, ketamine, and then I'd use cocaine to supplement that. I just like I cocaine was one of those things i just always have like it's like to get you out of the come down of all the ketamine you're doing so when i when i moved out of my pad that i was living at my grandpa's i when i moved out i found i opened one of my dresser drawers the very bottom one that i fucking where the above i'd stash all my drugs and so i went to go do i i went to go look for shit in my drawers and i opened up a drawer that i kept crack all the time and there's just a pile of cocaine of all these different cocaines oh. and 
ketamine, like just all these different batches that little flakes would drop down. And there's a, just a fucking trail of all the different shit I had done. And so, uh, yeah, that was kind of like a, a moment where I was like, damn, I did a lot. Like, because oh, they, dude. if you think about it, the little amounts that you chop up the lines that breaks off and falls into the little crevice. Mm-hmm. Like, if you think about that, I, I would take ounces and weigh it out into grams and then it, a little bit would fall, a little bit would fall and it built up over time that you could literally just stick your nose down there and just be like, and you'd get a, you'd get a little something. And, uh, yeah, basically, um, when my brother came to visit one day, I disappeared for two days and he went into my room just looking for anything. And he found all my leftover baggies and he took 218 baggies and scraped them all and had an eight ball of fucking shit. He didn't weigh it, but that was a guess. He, it was a mix of cocaine and ketamine and he did that shit was up till like 4 a.m. Wait, wait, Basically wait. Basically from 8 p.m. to 4 a.m. He had a supply of just scraping baggies with a razor blade. Of It was a mix of cocaine and ketamine? Yeah. Ugh, yeah. And he's never done ketamine before. No. Why? And so why? It's called the Calvin Klein. It's called the Calvin Klein when you mix cocaine and ketamine. Yeah, I didn't name it. I didn't name it. But it's basically like. He he took the t- he took the two hundred eight he counted them out, two hundred eighteen bags he scraped them all, and these are the little bags like that you fit like a maybe a gram a gram and a half and he just scraped them all onto a CD and fucking just got high oh, for like six man. hours. That's not good. So wait, this is what I want to know. Okay, so you're in this fucking crazy ketamine binge for all these all these hours. Like what? At what point are you like? I need to take a break from parting so hard. Uh, when your nose, when your nose starts to oh, yeah. bleed profusely, when oh. your no- because you can muscle ketamine, you can muscle ketamine, but it will rip your nose apart and your kidneys. It'll make you piss rocks. So your It'll nose, give you kidney stones. Your nose gave out basically. You know Artie Lang? How his nose is basically not a nose anymore. Yeah, I I've seen. Yeah. It. Basically, it, it felt like my nose was going to die, and he, so I he's, stopped. He, he, like, snorted broken glass and shit. Though. Yeah. And he, he got beat up by a bunch of uh, loan yeah, sharks he got, punched, he, got his, he got his nose broken, a, yeah. A bunch of bookies, yeah, punched him yeah. in the face. Um, so, wait. So, then that happened. Like, uh, do you, at this point, do you start to think, like, your use is getting, like, dark at all at this point? I thought I was 100% because I'd go to breakfast or I'd go to lunches with my dad and grandpa. And then I'd have uh, an eight ball of ketamine in my pocket and I'd go to the bathroom and do lines. And oh. when you do enough ketamine, it'll make your nose completely white like you did had cake powder on your nose. Yeah, it's So I'd powder. come out. I come out with nice ass new clothes because I was actually I was making a little bit of money that I would go and spend on clothes, and then I'd fucking have nice clothes on, and I'd come out with just white stuff all over my face and hands, and just be like I'd sit in the bathroom for like thirty minutes at a diner, just doing line after line, and it it became very dysfunctional and very horrific. My dad has videos of me and pictures of me with white no uh, completely oh. white nose. 
And Shit. so, yeah, like that just made, I haven't done ketamine in like two months. So, and I have no desire to use it again. So your parents are it's, well aware that you, of how bad you're oh, getting. Oh, my mom tried ketamine actually. Yeah. <laughs> she tried it and she got high and oh, she liked no. it. And then <laughs> she did a real line. She did a fucking big line because the ketamine you're only supposed to do a bump of. She did an actual <laughs> line of it and got sick. So if how you, could, wait, if, wait, if they're doing lines of ketamine with you, how concerned are they about my, you? No, my mom's super cool. Like she'll get okay. high with me and stuff. But I mean, like, oh my, but my dad was like, my dad was witness to it and I would get high and I'd go out to make a sale and I couldn't find another bag. And I'd, so I'd be like, dude, I lost half the shit. And he'd be like, dude, go look around in, in the grass and see if you lost it. So I'd be roaming around a fucking apartment complex looking for a bag of ketamine because i didn't want to dip into my personal shit and it was just horrible like i for a while there i fucking was just dumb as fuck like now i just know to stay away from that shit um but so how long after this point did you overdose uh, I overdosed like a month fucking after the whole when i went my grandpa had a stroke and fucking so like uh he was out of the house so i i could have friends over after that because i was just basically left with the fucking uh an apartment like a house actually in grover like i I would just be left with that house so i could have friends over and fucking um i was living and uh i overdosed like like two or three months after uh, I no like like five months after I got introduced to the clique that I was like hanging out with the renegade or the squanch whatever the fuck you want to call it. But um, how, but how long after the ketamine thing did you overdose? Oh, the ketamine! I was still doing ketamine when I overdosed, I, but I mean, like I I it was like six months after I moved in. I like. It's been it's been about a year and two months, so it's been eight months since I've been clean. I overdosed on heroin like eight months ago, or about that. Eight months so, you've been clean from heroin. Yeah, since mm-hmm. I, I I did heroin and I overdosed. And okay, fucking... clarification. All right, I want to hear about this overdose story because it, when you told it to me, it was really fucking intense, like sounding. Yeah, like you All you right. realize you almost bad. you almost died. Like I did you're lucky. Die. To, you're, I did die. You're lucky to be alive right now. Yeah, uh, I it was horrible. Uh, one of the worst days of my life. I have several moments where it's the worst day of my life, but that probably was. Cause I actually died and it was horrible. So, um, I'm living in Grover and I'm just, I feel like I'm doing the best that I've ever done. And cause I'm fucking getting high all the time and not on heroin, not on any opiates. Like I even got off buprenorphine by using psychedelics fucking, but, um, I, I was living in Grover and a friend of mine got kicked out of his house for doing heroin and Xanax and shit like that. And he needed a place to crash. And he had actually gotten clean in my pad up in Cambria before and fucking gotten clean and safe clean for a little bit. Yeah. And so he asked, yeah, anyone doesn't know the first episode you came on, which was like one of the earliest, earliest episodes you were detailing about, you would like house all your dope sick friends at your house and feed them, uh, 
fucking some Xanax subs and, and subs and Xanax. And, then, and they pay me for it too. They pay me yeah, like, but, to get them clean. Yeah, but what else would happen is they would sneak heroin into your fucking house. And or, they yeah, they'd fucking, leave it in my brother's trunk. Or they'd or use... Like they'd, yeah, they'd use yeah. in front of you, or they you'd relapse with them. So anyway, but continue. You're you you try to so, do this again, like a the junkie whisper or something. Try, yeah, like I tried to fucking help him out at my grandpa's house, and because so, I was there alone, and I was like, oh, I could just do like back in the day, like I could get him, I could, you know, like I like to help people out. But I mean, like I was like, oh, I could help my friend out, like he really needs it. I'll fucking regulate his fucking use. So he gave me. He came to my pad and uh, he handed me his heroin that he fucking brought with him and uh, told me that he wanted to get off of it, just wean him off of it. Like, he'll he'll take a smaller shot every t- two times a day. He'll take a smaller shot each day. Which is and absurd. So like, That's yeah. like the most absurd thing. Yeah. I've tried to like, do dude, that. Get so. some subs. I was like, I was like, dude, just get some subs and do that. And he's like, no, I got to do black. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, sure, I'm like, whatever. So he comes over to my house and he hands me a gram and a half of black tar heroin. And fucking, um, he's, he's like, yeah, just, uh, give, give me, hold on to it, but let me do a shot twice a day. And I was like, all right, I, I can do that. No temptation, no nothing. I can do that without getting high. And in the back of my head, I'm like, ooh, maybe I could get high. I don't know. Like, it wasn't, like, something I was, like, thinking of, like, doing. But in the back of my mind, I always knew there was a chance that I could use. Yeah, the addict in me was like, yeah. If he actually hands me, if he hands me a gram and a half of black tar heroin and tells me, regulate me, like, that's going to put me in charge of it that's gonna give me the option and then he hands me a 10 pack of fresh needles too like that's just a recipe for disaster he's trying to treat you like you're a fucking methadone clinic but you're an addict and you like just did 18 grams of ketamine you're like yeah Yeah, i'll regulate your dope oh my god oh no he shows up and hands me the needles in the black and the first thing i do is get some coke so i can slam it and it's not even good coke God. So, so I get, I get, he's at my house, and after three days of watching him bang heroin, I was like, you know what? Maybe I could go for a shot. I mean, I could just do it once. Nothing will happen. I'll just get high, go to sleep, I'll have some cigarettes, I'll fucking chill. You know, I'll just do it responsibly. But, you know, every good plan usually fucking ends in disaster, but. Uh, it wasn't not saying it's a good plan, but it was it was just like I had this idea in my head that I could just use once and it would just you had good be inten- okay. Good intentions, but yeah, that's a recipe for fucking disaster. It was like for me, yeah, hearing so, that, I'm like, what were you thinking, dude? But obviously, that was yeah, it was thinking. sober. Yeah, when I get you're it. sober, you're like, what the fuck, you're dumb as shit. But I mean, um, anyway, okay. I <laughs> yeah, anyway, I so. So I, after three days of watching him bang heroin, he does a shot and he's like, do you want any? And I'm like, of course. Hmm, maybe I'll try some. And back in the day, I would do a 0.3, 0.4 shot every morning. So when I go to do it, he's like, he's like, oh, he's nodding out. I'm like, I'm like, this fucker won't care how much I take. So I put 
two fat chunks, which wait, wait, comes wait. out to point three. So wait, he you like, got to just two. break off as, as much as you wanted. He just handed yeah, you the bag. He, no, he handed me the bag when he oh. first got there, and uh-huh. I regulated how much he did. Oh, so you so had it the whole time. Was, yeah, I had it since <sighs> he entered my house. I wouldn't let him come into my house without giving me the heroin. Yeah, this is triggering so, me even. <laughs> Fuck. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> no, it's it's whatever. Wait, dude. Hey, I don't okay. care if I get triggered. It's whatever. Let's hear this story. All right, so uh, he tells me, he's like, do as much as you want. And I'm like, all right, fuck it. So I take the two fattest chunks I see, and I put them in the spoon and take 70 units of water, which is a lot of water because I I was like, I was like, all right, I'll I'll maybe soak up like like three-fourths of it. I won't do a full shot. I mean, I didn't share spoons because I didn't want hepatitis C, but I was like, so I cook it up, and it's dark. It's so dark. Even for that much water, it's super dark. It's like coffee. And I suck it up. And I, it's, it's, yeah, it oh, was. And I Jesus. sucked it up, and I filled up the syringe, and I, I was like, "Ooh, this is, this is gonna be fun." And I, 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 it's really hard for me to register. So I, I tie up and I put it in the one spot I know I can actually do successfully, and I pull back. And I see red, and I push the plunger all the way in, and then fucking hits me like a fucking semi-truck. And I just fall back, and boom, everything goes dark. And the next thing I know, fucking, I'm on a gurney being wheeled out of my grandpa's house down the stairs. And my and they're like, are you okay? Are you okay? And uh, they, ha- they couldn't find a vein. They cut up my favorite fucking uh, sweater. They cut the arms all the way up to try and tap a vein. They couldn't find one, so they just dropped the Narcan into my mouth and into my nose, and fucking I <sighs> fucking came back to life, yep. and it was it was horrible, like the worst feeling ever. And I was just like, "Oh, my chest hurts," and they're like, "How much heroin did you use? Like, how many times have you done it?" And I was like, "I only did it the once. I've been clean for like six years." And I'm like, "Let me out of this ambulance. I fucking refuse medical treatment." Like we gotta get you to the hospital first. I'm like, I refuse medical treatment. I refuse medical treatment. They get me to the hospital. They're ready to hook me up to an IV. They're like, they're asking me all these questions, and I have no socks, no shoes, no nothing on except a cut up sweater and my blue jeans and my phone in my pocket. And fucking, I, uh, I, I'm like, I refuse medical treatment. I had no socks on, so I couldn't get an Uber. So I, they gave me these little plastic fucking hospital socks. And I put these on, get an Uber back to my house. My friend's like, yeah, dude, you were dead for like three or four minutes. And I'm like, oh, shit, really? He's like, and I told my parents eventually what I did. And it was just horrible. Like, it was, uh, I disappointed everyone that I knew. And I fucked up and I died. And that's when I realized that I had to make a change. But I still fucked around with other shit until recently. But uh i'm starting to feel depressed brian like honestly this is kind of fucking me up dude well i mean uh, i mean you're it's naturally gonna make someone like, depressed yeah. you know i mean when i when i uh kind of came to this realization like uh that i almost died it was very like surreal for me i was just like fuck and then you when you when you do that you kind of play the tape and then you realize like oh man 
how my family would react to if they walked in and found me dead yeah. from that. Like you just think, oh man, that yeah, would have we been a bad feeling, you know? Would have been the worst if my friend didn't call the fucking the ambulance. I, I it would have been the worst thing that ever probably happened to my family. Oh yeah, my brother or my uncle killing himself. But no, I mean, like, if if like, your friend was if your friend was too fucked up to like get an ambulance there. Cause you told me before you had there was Narcan there, but like you guys could he yeah. couldn't find it. He he had Narcan in his backpack, and I had Narcan in my backpack, but he couldn't find either of them. That, so he yeah. called nine one one after three minutes or four minutes, and it took them about a minute to get there. Yeah, the same thing happened to me when I overdosed in Pasadena. My my girlfriend and her new uh, partner couldn't find. Um, the Narcan they had, so they had to call the ambulance. And by the time the ambulance got there with the Narcan, they found the Narcan. And they're like, oh, can you leave yeah. now? And they're like, no, you guys can't handle this situation. Yeah, you reported it. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, the thing is, is like, you're, you're, you're really fucking lucky that, um, that your friend was able to be, like, have his whereabouts enough to save your life. Because if he didn't, like, yeah. and the thing is also a lot of people, I hear about this all the time. And I won't get into specific situ- like instances, but um, people find their friend overdosed and they just fucking delete all their con like messages or texts between each other on each other's phone and they leave and just dip <laughs> and they yeah. just dip and they're like, well, I can't. They're like, and sometimes I've even heard of situations like that and they had Narcan in like on them and then they knew where it was, but they're like, I can't waste this Narcan on him, and then that person ended up dying and shit. It's fucking crazy. So, I mean, I mean, I understand the depression and, and yesterday I, I actually did get kind of hard on you about it and gave you a hard time about it. But it, I mean, just know that I was out of love and I was just upset because, uh, I don't want you to die, obviously. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I felt, I didn't take it a hard way because you actually care. Yeah. Like, damn, like it, now that I'm going back over it. It's yeah, it was it was crazy. Yeah, no, um, I would just I would hope. But, I, I mean, that, I'm doing a lot better now. Good, but I mean, I hope I that. I know if I ever do heroin again, I'll die. Oh well, yeah, exactly. So, uh, don't if I do ever do heroin again, it's trying to kill myself. That's a pussy's way out, so I'm not gonna do that. So. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, hey. Yeah, that was um, that was a scary moment. Well, yeah, but um. You know, I I would just say like for you, I mean, a lot of things that you've said like, oh, I in in this recording you've said, oh, I don't, this stuff keeps following me around, these this energy keeps following me around, and I was asking you why, and you were kind of getting into it, but the one thing I would say from an outsider's perspective is like, what the reason a lot of this shit keeps following you around is because you allow people into your life especially into your close circle of friends who who deal with these things and do these things and if you're going to be around situations it's like you know what they say even though it's cliche they they're like if you go to if you hang out in the barber shop long enough you're going to get a haircut it's it's i mean as cliche as that is it's still still true if you're hanging around with addicts and and all that you're gonna eventually have this opportunity to relapse with them, right? Yeah. And, and that's be and you, I know because we've been friends for quite a while. You have the tendency to overindulge in anything and everything possible, 
Yeah, so, I push everything to an eleven, dude. Like that's yeah. just so knowing I that mean, knowing that about yourself, you need to be aware of situations you and people you put yourself in place in front of. So I don't know. Yeah. But like the I That know, should be the lesson of this episode is that you should always be aware of who your friends are and who you can and can't be around because that is something until recently I realized that I thought I could do whatever I fucking wanted, be around anyone, and I could control myself. But it only took until recently, which you've been clean for two and a half years or so. Like You know that you can't be around me when I'm using, and I need to realize that I can't be around other people when they're using it, even if they've been clean for like a year, which my friends are on the methadone fucking program. Even though they they'll offer me their methadone because they'll be they know I get Xanax and they'll be like oh trade me fucking do it. and I I'm like eh fuck I can't do opiates and still they'll fucking they'll be mad at me that I won't trade them and, and they'll always offer they'll always offer the temptation for you to let yourself down you know yeah yeah because so, you I mean, have to make the decision right and that's where the guilt comes from you allowed yourself to sink into giving into that shit. So, I mean, I would also say, yeah, you know, the one thing that's kept me clean the most, I would say since I got out of rehab would be, um, I'm very, very picky and choosy of who I surround myself with and situations I place myself in, in. Right. And so even though we, you and I converse, there are times when I have to place boundaries and you'll be high or either have drugs on you. And I'll just say, Hey, well, when you're not high or right, when you don't have drugs on you, let's interact. But I'm not going to just, I don't know, just say, hey, fuck you, blah, blah, Because it's like I've yeah. kind of been more versed. I've done well, that already. Well, you said it yesterday. You said it yesterday that you have friends who hit you up and they just want to get high with someone. And they're like, hey, I got fentanyl or I got this. And it's disrespectful, to be honest, to do that. To hit someone up that's, that you know is trying to stay clean, that – fucking um you that they still hit you up and they're still like oh you want to get high with me all this yeah so it's i would never put you in that situation where like like i hit you up and i'm like oh let's get high because i know you can't really do anything so i mean like i I mean technically technically if i wanted to i could do anything if i wanted to and no i mean if you want to survive because i mean your health like if you want to like live no, a good I, amount of time. Yeah, it's. I'm. I don't think my health has something to do with it as much as like if I get high, I know I'll overdose. And and also, it's like I just don't really have the attractiveness to. I'm not attracted to wanting to do drugs right now. At least at this point in my life. I mean, as an addict, I, yeah. I that can change at any second. So who knows? But yeah. Um. Yeah, that, I'll say that. And like, yeah, dude. Just. I mean. If you see someone, no matter what, I mean, you always be aware of their conversation because, I mean, you've already vocalized to me so many times. There's so many people trying to get close to you because they are they want something you have, right? Like, they want a place to crash and detox. They want someone to f- do dope with or feed them dope and re- to quote-unquote regulate. They want someone who can get them drugs or or trade drugs, all that shit, dude. So it, it's fine. And if they get upset, just, I mean, the, honestly, I would just be like, man, you're acting like a f- bitch right now. If you're, if you're just getting mad that I won't do it. Cause 
guess what? It's like, I'm not going to. So crying about it's not going to do anything, you know? It's not going to, I don't know. But people do that because they know they can eventually get someone to turn and give in. And I'm sure you've done that before and regretted it, right? So it is what it is. I mean, I'm glad you're alive. We'll we'll say that. I'm glad you're alive. And uh, hopefully, like in the future, you'll, you know, build better tools to like move away from that kind of life. Because, I mean, this is, we're going to have to wrap this up, but there are so many more stories we did not get into right now that you've told me. Oh, dude. I picked you up yesterday and you told me all this shit. And I was like, wait till we hit record. Like, what the fuck is all this (laughs) that's going on? Yeah. I mean, we can do another episode. I mean, man, like I've got, like I get, I got the $500 whore fucking blind guy store, man. I got all, uh, which I can't tell that in less than fucking 30 minutes. No. I said, that's, that's one that that's for the record books right there. Oh, where no 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 don't right, even don't right. even get in the details we already the, <laughs> the title is 500 dollars blonde horror story apparently no blind, blind oh guy. blind, blind guy. yeah oh jesus all blind, right so uh, uh, we should just leave the cliffhanger at that because uh, already, yeah. i'm already like yeah, asking a, a million questions about but uh is there anything you want to say before before uh, we drop off look up look up 805 new 805 cards on uh ebay and look up 805 cards on instagram yeah and um, buy some pokemon cards i mean this is like yeah these I are like the business it's like nfts at this point you know it's 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 fucking money baby i got some good get shit them. i got some really good shit yeah, yeah, get, yeah mean, get in before you know you fucking miss out on that all that cat the, the bag you got to grab that bag yeah. right okay yeah. all right man all right. I, i'm gonna get out of here uh, but it was good it's talking been to you good talking to you brother this is uh yeah i i like uh, it's, uh, it's good. when i'm uh when i'm clean you know when i'm present uh like a part of this world i don't just think about Relapsing, it's uh, it's darker than that. And no, uh, you can say that sobriety is my uh, greatest weapon, but to tell you the truth, drugs are probably the only reason I haven't killed myself. Okay.